Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is a guy that just loves gaudy jewelry. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Oh, I'm wearing so much gaudy jewelry right now. Dude, I know. You're always dripping in chains and clocks and all those other things we talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. I'm fabulous. Yeah, it's heavy, but you you know what? It's a burden you're willing to wear. <laughs> yeah, it's my cross to bear, all this <laughs> fabulous drip. And it, and it works, Brandon, it works. So, how are you doing today, Brandon? How's your week going? Oh, I'm doing all right. Just saw the Spider-Man movie. Oh, the new one, the uh, Across the Spider-Verse? Yes, as of this recording, it's new. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Did you, okay, this is a dumb question. Did you watch the one before it? <laughs> I did. Okay, so how was it? How did it compare? Because I've also seen the, the other one. <sighs> it's It's very good. It's a is good it as, sequel. Is it as good? Okay. Yes, it's as good. And, like, man, they just went for it with the visuals. Like, the first one was already a very good-looking movie. But mm-hmm. this one, I feel like they had something to prove. Because it's like every frame is like... Something splashing that. at your eyes. That's really cool. I loved the first one. I thought that the like art style for it was so unique and really nice. In fact, they loved it so much, like... Have you seen the the new Puss in Boots movie? Because they do something very similar in that movie too, and by something, I yeah, mean like a that, that kind scene. of style. It works. That style is is catching on. The Ninja Turtles movie that's coming out is also kind of doing the same thing. I love it. I mean, I'm I'm feel like a it's you know nice and new right now, and it's gonna probably like be like oh geez, it's this again. But uh, so far, I think it looks great. It reminds me of very like video gamey stuff. So I'm on board. Yeah. Well, Brandon. Uh, I have to go on a plane this week, so I'm going to be in California yeah. all of this week. And uh, First time, right? Yep, first time on a plane. I told myself, I was like, Ooh, eh, so plane exciting. travel, not for me, you know? I'll probably die before I go on a plane, and now I have to go on one, so this could be the last week of the podcast, Brandon. <laughs> that's, the, that's the attitude to go into it with, yeah. Yeah, this could be it. Uh, we could. Uh, <laughs> nobody could ever hear this one because it'll be uh, saved on my computer, and you're not coming to America to go get this off my hard drive. <laughs> Hell no. I'm not flying on a plane to get there. No way. <laughs> Too dangerous. <laughs> nah, I'll be all right. Statistically, yeah. right? This is You'll be absolutely all right. But <laughs> this isn't what you want to hear, but I just had the thought. Yeah. That there is like there is definitely like on every plane crash, there was probably someone on board who was like, "This is my first time. It'll be all right." It's hey, you know what? Alanis <laughs> Morissette sang a song about it. I've heard it. Yeah, that's exactly what she was singing about. <laughs> nah, I'll be fine. I'm not worried about plane crashes. Yes. I'm more worried no, about it'll the be feeling, fine. So, <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Yes. If I die, whatever. <laughs> but I have to feel of it first. Five minutes after takeoff, you'll already be like, "Okay, this is boring." Like. Oh, good. I I hope that's what happens. <laughs> yes. No, I I'm flying with a friend. Like uh, I work with somebody that's that I'm really good friends with. So she'll be there, and she won't have feeling in her hand. I'm sure after I get done squeezing the hell out of it, but <laughs> it'll be all right. I think we're gonna be watching the Dungeons and Dragons movie on the plane. I hope. Ooh. Unless it's not available, and then in which case oh, I'll just shit. sit in boredom <laughs> for six well, I hours. I hope it's available because that's that's an entertaining movie. Oh, girl, you've seen that already, too? Shit. You were on we a already talked about it lately. on the podcast. Well, I don't remember that, okay? That was, like, weeks ago or something. It was the one where you know Rachel what? was on. Oh, yeah, I do remember that, actually. That was a while ago. I I watched the Little Mermaid movie. So, speaking about the, movies that we've the, seen. The, like, live-action remake? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. 
I, literally all I want to know was, because I haven't seen any footage or anything from this at all. Uh-huh. Uh, how did they do my girl Ursula? Oh, Ursula was great. M- Melissa McCarthy oh, okay. plays True. Ursula. She did a wonderful job. Oh, really? That is yeah. not the way I'd go for Ursula, but okay. I remember when they originally talked about doing a live-action Little Mermaid, they had Queen Latifah planned for for Ursula, which would have been great, too. And I think she did yeah, some like yeah. live-action stage work for it. But yeah, they went with Melissa McCarthy, and she did a really great job. Okay. My only complaint with that movie, well, it's a little bit long. Like, I was in the theater, and there was kids around me, and, you know, Lance was next to me. And the movie is, like, two and a half hours long or something like that. I think Mm -hmm. they could have cut, like, maybe 15, 20 minutes out of it. Because by the time, like, everything was kind of done and they were wrapping it up, every child in this theater was, like bored and like ready to go you know how kids get yeah and and i was I mean, like you know i don't spider man kids. i get it <laughs> spider man was a pretty similar length and i had zach like on my lap asleep after like <laughs> like halfway through the movie <laughs> it happens it happens so yeah i would have cut a little bit of time off of that but uh they had all the story beats you know it was pretty similar to the animated one and um mm-hmm. the main character ariel did great job sure her voice sounded amazing and uh yeah it was great the only thing weird about it is that like flounder and uh sebastian they look kind of (laughs) weird but aside from that and some movement with them as mermaids everything else was great anyway that was our plot points on the little mermaid (laughs) yeah got a little movie update here yeah hollywood corner with brandon and Cortland. well brandon we've got an episode to talk about (laughs) oh shit i was trying to put it off (laughs) <laughs> seen yeah. any other movies lately man uh no i don't think so it was just those and oh, by that, those i mean that so brandon you know what we're here for the the tales from the crypt we watched an episode here called uh fitting punishment from season two episode 12 i believe what do you think about fitting punishment give me a little give me your little burbage <sighs> what do you think about it i mean technically there's nothing wrong with this episode Mm-hmm. But I did not enjoy watching it. Is, did it make you uncomfortable? <laughs> not because it's bad, but because it's just so, it's so sad. This whole episode, yeah, it, it is, is dark, it is bleak, it is a downer. Yeah, it is. It's I like, just felt bad watching this. I don't think we've really had an episode that's made me feel so much hatred towards one man. But um, damn, I gotta say, yeah, this episode's a big, big downer. I can see where people wouldn't really like it, and I don't think I enjoyed it, but the acting in this episode is spot on. It is very well done. It's a well really acted. Well done. Yeah. It made me feel emotions. Oh my god. I know. You guys are like Mariah Carey over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People I, say that about me a lot. I, right? Well, it's because you hit those high notes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... um. I had to, I watched this episode twice and, you know, I watched it once and I was like, oh boy, I have to watch this again to do my notes. And, uh, yeah, we have to watch it again for the launch party. Damn. What did I do to myself here? (laughs) (sighs) You know, we've talked enough about what we think here. Why don't you, why don't we just get into it? Why don't we tell the people what what actually happens here? What's going on in this episode? Well, our episode starts up and we see a basketball hoop. And a human skull is tossed into it and just shatters on the ground like pottery. (laughs) (laughs) Then another, and then another. And uh, I just wondered, Brian, who could be doing this, you know? Is it Arl Stein? It's not. It's not our boy. It's me throwing skulls. (laughs) My favorite pastime. No, it's a Crypt Keeper. 
Who knew, you know? He's dressed up in this basketball jersey, and of course, it's him playing some b-ball with those skulls. It's taking it to the hole. He looks at the camera saying, there you are. I love this part. Like, he, I love it when he gets surprised that we're there. <laughs> <laughs> we it's just so snuck funny. up on him, playing his little skull basketball. He's just... <laughs> He's just there doing what he's doing, and it's us <laughs> yeah. that He was going to do this anyway, whether the cameras were rolling or not. <laughs> he gets so surprised. I love it. He says, there you are, sports fiends. You know, <laughs> dead people like me make excellent point guards. When we can't get off a shot, we simply pass. Away, that is. And he tosses another head off screen. He continues saying, speaking of which, allow me to be your fear leader for tonight's halftime show. It's a putrid play... Okay, I don't know what he says here. Play play? I don't... Play play pale? That, that's I don't not know. a word. Whatever. About my personal favorite sport, being a mortician. I fittingly call it fitting punishment. Now, the picture for this episode is really weird. We see a man on the ground in a suit looking very scared because there's a figure in the foreground standing there, but its legs are chopped off. Like, I don't really know how else to describe it. Like, there's a gap <laughs> between his ankle and where the leg is. Or where the foot is standing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen the episode, you'll look at this and be like, oh, I know like what this is. But if you look at this just without context, it's like, what? What am I looking at? Yeah. Yeah. Like when I seen it for the first time, I was like, what is this? But you know what? Whatever. Let's get into it. We'll figure it out. And I also, with you just saying it out loud, I got the pun of the title, Finning Punishment. What? What's the pun? He didn't fit. Oh, too tall. oh, okay, okay. Nope, that it just came to me now. Thanks for explaining it <laughs> to me like I'm five fucking years old. <laughs> anyway, we teleport to the episode where we're looking at the entrance to Thorntonberry Funeral Home. And there's a hearse out front and there's some electric organ music playing. And we hear some people As singing. Eliza Thorntonberry shows up. Oh my gosh. And she's like, hey, friends, I can speak to animals. Only that helped out this episode a little. A moment later, a few people walk out crying and getting into the hearse, I guess. And a truck drives up and out jumps a teenage kid who thanks the driver for the ride. And he's got a little suitcase and a basketball in his hands. And he walks over to the entrance to the funeral home and we cut inside where there's a service going on. And there's a man on a tiny little electric piano jamming away. And people are mourning in there. And it's a really small room and there's a casket in mm-hmm. the front. So we're in a funeral, you guys. They're singing and crying while this kid walks up with his overalls on, and he drops his suitcase on the ground. I assume on accident, because this is a very sweet child. Um, Bobby, right? Yeah. Yeah. His name's Bobby. Yeah, his, the first impression here is like, oh, this guy's rude. He's showing up to a funeral, like, dressed in overalls, <laughs> throwing things around, making a ruckus. Like, what an asshole, this guy, huh? No, but actually it's like the sweetest child. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my sweet little baby. I just want to take care of him. Oh, me too. The music cuts and everyone just looks at him because he just smashed a suitcase on the ground. (laughs) And he awkwardly like crouches down to grab it. Then everyone just kind of starts back up again. And we hear a woman crying and thanking Mr. Thorntonberry because she just looks so beautiful. And Mr. Thorntonberry, whose first name is Ezra, because I am not going to say Thorntonberry throughout this entire episode. Please stop um, saying it. <laughs> I know. It just makes me want to watch Wild Thornberries. He's saying he's just so happy he could be there in her time of need. And that, like, that's thanks enough. Because she's all like, oh, thank you. What can I do to help you? Or whatever. And he's like, oh, no. This you're... guy's sweet, too, huh? Yeah, he's a sweetheart. He tells everyone to head over to the cemetery and ushers them out. 
being a sweet old man saying, oh, it looks like an angel from heaven herself. You know, it's right over here because like somebody walks by and he's like, oh, God, you're beautiful. He closes the curtain. And before those people are even out of the building, he tells the piano player that that's enough and slams it closed and demands he goes to pull up the hearse. And the piano man, whose name's Clyde, tells him right away and walks out. Then Ezra turns his attention to that boy, Bobby, telling him, Get out of here, boy. Party's over. And Bobby's all, um, what party? And Ezra calls him an idiot, that it's a showing, and they've all gone on to the funeral. Bobby tells him that he's not here for no funeral, and don't you remember me? Ezra is strolling around the room right now, and he's shutting off all the lights, and says, Thank the merciful Lord, no, I don't know you. (laughs) And Bobby introduces himself as Bobby, his nephew his sister Rudy's kid. And Ezra's all, who? My sister Rudy? Well, you could tell that no good sister. But Bobby interrupts saying that Rudy's dead. And Awkward. Ezra, Ezra smiles and he says, oh, really? How? And Bobby tells his uncle that she was in a head-on collision on I-95 that killed both his mom and his dad. And Ezra Tragic. thinks about that for a moment, saying, head-on, huh? Messy, I bet. That's good for business. <laughs> charge a pretty penny to make their loved ones look presentable he chuckles about this a little oh bit oh my god all right so first little uh sign that this ezra gentleman's uh, <laughs> yes brandon you know there's something going on with him i don't know what it is well already like we get his quirks already because throughout this entire episode as it's kind of already presented to us he is a like penny pincher mm-hmm. he turns off lights all the time in this episode, which is such a great character trait that I love that they bring throughout the entire episode. And this man that plays Ezra does such a phenomenal job of being sweet in front of like the public and then a complete horrible person outside of it. And it just gets worse and worse and worse, and I love it. Yeah, it does. So, like, this isn't really spoilers or anything, but I think this man is, like, the worst monster we've seen on this show. I believe so. And we've had actual monsters. <laughs> he reminds me of Joffrey. He's like the Joffrey of 1990, you know? He does a great yeah. job. A wonderful actor. Um, but in this episode, he's got awful. <laughs> mm-hmm. After he gets done, like, getting excited about a potential, like, you know, messy situation that he can fix up and make money on with his sister, <laughs> his smile fades and he asks, what you want here, boy? But he stops to turn off, like, the ceiling fan above him. Ezra moves to, like, turn off some more lights and stuff, trying to save some money here. And Bobby explains that Uncle Ezra is his only living kin, and he came to live with him. Then he hands him this legal document saying that Bobby just has to live there, I guess. I don't really know how that works, but... Yeah, the paper's just like, yeah, (laughs) you're living here now. You don't get a choice. Yeah, the the court system was just like, yeah, just go there. It'll be great, you know? (laughs) don't. We're not going to call him ahead of time or anything. No, just show up with these papers, and, like, things will just work themselves out. Ezra looks at it for a moment and says, you must think I'm made of money. The last thing I need is another mouth to feed. And he turns off another light. Bobby begs that he won't be a problem at all. Look, I'll wash your floor. I'll clean your piano. I'll do anything. Ezra looks at Bobby up and down and he says, well, you do look strong. There might be something I can do with you. The two walk over to the casket and we get a nice little aerial shot of the woman inside the casket. And Ezra says that he'll give Bobby room and board, but he shouldn't expect to get paid. Bobby thanks him, and he says, oh, you won't be sorry about this. Then Ezra walks over and grabs something out of a drawer, saying, well, let me tell you something about the mortuary business. Like it says in the Bible. God helps the mourners, but they are blessed. 
I don't really know what that has anything to do with it. But Ezra does that. He will, like, misquote the Bible all the fucking time. Yeah, I don't think he's read this thing. Hmm. I don't think a lot of people have, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long book. Have you seen it? Yeah. You know what? I used to have a children's Bible when I was a a kid growing up, and I didn't read it at all. I looked at the pictures, and I was like, nah, this isn't for me. (laughs) (laughs) But he takes some players up, right? And he starts opening this dead woman's mouth. And he sees a gold tooth inside, and he just yanks that shit right out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah. All right, he, that's number two red flag here. Then he smiles and says, God also helps those that help themselves. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's so it's such an awkward scene, too, because he's, like, putting his fingers in this woman's mouth, and there's, like, all that noise and stuff, and then he just yanks it out, and it sounds disgusting. And I'm like, oh my god. So right away, we can see that Ezra is a terrible person, and this actor mm-hmm. just sells it so well. Yep. We cut to later that day, and Ezra and Bobby are walking up some stairs. And Bobby's dribbling his basketball a little, and Ezra yells at him that if he keeps bouncing that ball, he's going to bounce his balls right out of here. <laughs> and that line sounded really weird. I think it was added later. It's just too good to pass up. Yeah. They they, they were in post-production, and they're like, hey, Ezra and Bobby, we need you to do one more line. And then they added that into the episode. Anyway, we head into Bobby's new room, which is this really tiny room with a gurney in it and a single light bulb (laughs) on a string. And Bobby points at the gurney saying, this is my room. And Ezra tells him, you're darn tootin'. Put some bedding on it. You'll be fine. Then he looks at that light bulb saying, you know, the righteous need the divine light to see the truth. And then he turns the light off saying that electricity costs money. So turn the lights off. Damn. This guy is cheap. I'll just say it. Yeah, he's the worst. He's literally the worst person ever. We zip over to the basement of the mortuary where Ezra shows Bobby where all the action is. He turns on the light and he puts on a little lab coat and we see a body under a cloth in front of them on a table. Ezra uncovers it a little and Bobby asks what the man died of. Apparently it was natural causes. And Ezra, he lifts up the wrist where there's like this bite mark taken out of it for some reason. I don't know, but it was really weird. Anyway, Ezra asks Bobby to grab an aspirator over there. So Bobby does and hands it over to Ezra as Ezra puts on some gloves saying, You know, the human body is one big cesspool. Food flows in, shit flows out, and blood flows all around. It's gotta be drained. He pushes that aspirator into the dude's leg and a stream of blood flows out and drips down a little drain. Bobby doesn't like that much, but Ezra tells him to shut up, it's only blood. Then he says... This tub of lard is going to stink in a few days, so that's why we got to embalm him. Now, I don't know a lot about mortuaries, Brandon. I have seen a couple of episodes of Six Feet Under. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I had thought about going into the business because um, it seems like something, hold on, I don't want to say fun, but I think it would be a, a good job to get into, you know, doing like the cosmetics and stuff for dead bodies and making them look presentable for the family, and I feel like that'd be really um a nice thing to do and rewarding and nobody really wants to do that but the way that they drain the blood brandon it's not shown at this point but like it goes into you know a drain system and then falls into like a sewer grate like there's no tubes or anything it's literally just splashing onto the floor and stuff like this place is sucks yeah and the floor is like stained red it's it is it's disgusting looking it's so awful He goes over to the body's neck, and he sticks another needle into it and asks Bobby to hand him that tube over there. So Bobby goes, and he does just that, and Ezra hooks the tube up to this big needle 
saying cleanliness is next to godliness. Then Ezra walks over to the nearby sink, and he hooks the other end of that hose to the tap and turns it on. Bobby (laughs) Bobby asks if he's supposed to use chemicals for embalming, but Ezra yells that this dude is dead and he doesn't know the difference. Besides, those chemicals cost money. Like it says in the Bible, Brandon, a penny saved is a penny earned. <laughs> That's not in the Bible. Bobby thinks on that. Bobby knows. Bobby thinks on that for a moment, saying, uh, didn't Ben Franklin say that? And Ezra walks up to Bobby and slaps him on the side of the head, yelling, Don't you contradict me, boy! So, okay. I have seen every episode of Six Feet Under, so I am an expert in this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think he's doing this all wrong. I don't I know. These are the wrong steps to take to embalm a body. Like, embalming a body makes it, it preserves it so that it, the body doesn't start to decay throughout the the showing. And then, you know, once it's been buried mm-hmm. and stuff. Logistically, if you put water in their bloodstream and was like, yep, there we go. Wouldn't that make it decay, like, incredibly fast? <laughs> I <laughs> like, would think so. <laughs> not a good idea at all. And he does it for everybody, apparently, and uh, people love him for it. (laughs) But man, like, if you want a handbook on what to do wrong at every step of your life, like, this is the episode to watch. Well, his business is still going. No complaints. Absolutely ridiculous. That cuts us over to the shipping area, where Clyde welcomes some dudes making a delivery. Ezra and Bobby walk up, and Ezra complains that they're late. Because apparently they got stuck in traffic. Ezra signs for the shipment telling Bobby that he he gets this stuff cheap and passes on the savings to himself. Bobby hands Ezra a crowbar and he starts opening up the wooden box. And Bobby asks what all this Chinese writing is on the box. And Ezra yells, It's made in Taiwan, you dummy. Half the price of things made in America. It's six inches shorter because they're smaller people. But I can use this coffin for most folks and they don't know the difference. And I charge full price. And I have in my nose. What a terrible man this is. They're not getting that Titan model or whatever it was. It's <laughs> six feet under, right? Hell no. We warp back to the basement where Bobby is there preparing the body of another person. He's draining the blood. He's putting the tap water in as embalming fluid. <laughs> he turns as off he the water. he was taught. Yeah, he doesn't know. I mean, well, he does. He knows better, but like. But they don't have do? formaldehyde there. No, and he knows that if he was to use formaldehyde, then. Ezra would, like, kill him, basically. Yeah, he'd get a whooping. <laughs> yeah. He turns off the water, but not quite all the way, and it leaks out a tiny dribble. Ezra walks down the stairs yelling, That faucet is dripping, you fool! And he smacks Bobby on the head yelling, You think water grows on trees? Damn, you got shit for brains. Now get that molasses. <laughs> get that molasses out and clean this stuff up. What? And Bobby says, I, I don't know. <laughs> molasses is... <laughs> What, though? Huh? I don't know, Brandon. What would you (laughs) Please, help me out here. That would just make even more of a mess, but... Ezra knows how to save money, I guess. I don't know. Bobby says that they don't have any more disinfectant, and Ezra turns off that water and throws him a little bucket, saying he's about as stupid as his mama. Bobby stares after Uncle Ezra for a second. Too soon, Uncle Ez. uh, He's the worst. And we hear some organ music playing... And we cut over to another service, and Clyde is jamming on that organ, and we see Ezra being that sweet old man to the family in mourning for a second before he ushers them out. I gotta slow down, Brandon. I'm almost half done already. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what happens. This episode, uh, it, it moves pretty quickly, 
And uh, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to pan this out somehow, Brandon. Uh, so uh, I I don't know how to do that though. <laughs> Clyde's there, right? He's playing the piano, and he plays for about two seconds too long. So Ezra slams that shit closed on him, and then yells at Bobby to close that damn coffin because he can already smell Mrs. Johnson. Bobby tells him, "Yes, sir," and he closes that coffin lid. It's like, yeah, you can smell him already. She's <laughs> She's full of water. Yeah. It smells like water. It and smells like mosquito eggs. <laughs> it smells like people soup in here. Go close that coffin, please. Oh, gosh. A while later in Ezra's office, Bobby walks in saying, you wanted to see me? <laughs> and as Oh, God. And Ezra looks at Bobby saying, no, but I have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. You asshole. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, he tells Bobby to go measure the Jeffrey's body so he can order the casket. And Bobby tells him, okay. And he walks downstairs. I, I haven't mentioned this a lot, but Bobby, seriously, like, the sweetest kid that we've ever had. And we haven't had a lot of kids in this show so far. Which, you know, you don't want to kill kids on screen and stuff, so it makes sense. But he's, like, the sweetest, like, yeah, I'll do whatever you need, you know. I'm, I'm just really happy to be able to be alive and stuff. And Yeah, and, like... He's in mourning throughout all of this. Like, he lost both of his parents recently. He's doing the best he can in these terrible shit situations. Yeah. And he just gets shit on in every scene. So bad. He walks downstairs, and he goes over to the body and checks the foot, reading Oak. Because apparently, when you die, if your family has any requests, they leave it on a little foot tag for you to order an Oak coffin, Brandon. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Then he puts a tape measure on the body's toe, and he measures from there to the head of the body, and he says that he is five foot six. Then Bobby lifts the blanket away a little and sees that the body is that of a teenage boy, just about his age. And for some reason, the body jolts for a second, and it scares Bobby. I don't really yeah. know. I like. I thought that something was going to come of that at some point. Yeah, me too. I thought maybe like, oh, we made a mistake. He's actually alive. But no, just just a little jump scare for Bobby. You know, this whole thing is like, oh, that could have been Bobby. You know, he's thinking, like, oh, shit. Nothing really comes of it. I mean, they no, don't have a lot of time. Just to bodies just be doing that, I guess. Yeah, sometimes bodies, <laughs> sometimes bodies just kind of jerk around for a moment after <laughs> they've been dead and sitting in a mortuary. You know, it just happens. Mm hmm. We fade over to Ezra and the boy's father, you know, the boy that's down in the basement, and they're walking into the morning room. The man thanks Ezra for the help and says that the last few days have been really trying. And Ezra, he's in sweet old man mode, so he he offers up the perfect vessel for his son to be sent to the realm of holy glory or whatever. And the father looks over at it and then says, um, this casket is made of pine. And Ezra's all, yeah, the highest quality of pine from the forest of Maine. And the dad tells him, sure, but I specifically asked for oak. I want nothing but the best for my son. This pine coffin, by the way, Brandon, it kind of looks like shit. It looks like just a... <laughs> it looks like, like a, a box. Yeah. I've seen the coffins in Six Feet Under, and I was like, hmm, these are looking pretty good. These look like awful. Like, just, they're going to collapse instantly <laughs> when you put... It like, looks even like a, the a wooden crate that a coffin would be shipped in. Yes, it does. It looks so bad. This cuts us over to Bobby, who's using a crowbar to open up another shipment when up struts Uncle Ezra, yelling, Hey, you stupid half-wit. 
And I think he makes a mistake on the script here because he says you ordered oak, not pine. But they just kind of ignore that. And um, they just kind of continue. And he says, you know what this is going to cost me? Now I'm going to have to pay for this pine coffin. And Bobby's all, but uncle, I told you oak. And Ezra snaps back, don't you lie to me, boy. Bobby tells him, I'm not lying to you, uncle. I swear to God. But Ezra interrupts him yelling, don't you use the Lord's name in vain. And he picks up that crowbar saying, now you're going to have to be punished severely. Then Ezra just starts beating this poor boy with the crowbar until he collapses on the ground and screams for help and that he can't feel his legs. And Ezra just yells that he needs to get up and go back to work. But that curtain fades us over to the next scene. I thought he would hit him. Like, I knew he was going to hit him. I did not think he would beat him into a pulp. Beat him into a spinal injury, Brandon? <laughs> yes, beat him into... Well, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I, Go on. I know, I have to say it a couple of times. <laughs> there was no way around it. <laughs> We're in Bobby's room now, and Ezra is talking to a doctor that makes house visits i guess and bobby's passed out on his gurney bed <laughs> and the two leave the room and the doctor's saying that his nephew suffered a severe spinal injury he's never gonna walk again how on earth did that happen and ezra explains oh it was bobby's own carelessness that caused this he fell down the stairs then he makes up some more shit saying that if he told him once he told him a thousand times no running inside as if bobby's <laughs> three years old He's a spirited boy, you know, an athlete. And the doctor's all, well, not anymore. And he puts his hat on, <laughs> goes to walk away. And Ezra Damn. lags behind for a split second to jump back into Bobby's room to turn that light off because that is costing him so much money. And the camera pans over to Bobby and we see he has some Air Jordans on the ground. And then the scene fades away. Man, Ezra is, like I said, this actor is so good. He he jumps into being sweet old man Ezra and then the worst human ever like in the same scene yep. it's great it's, he does a wonderful job but he's shit <laughs> yes he he's shit. fantastic at being a total piece of shit i love to see it. it makes me uncomfortable and that's that's what he's going for so he did a great job Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite mortician. Thank you so much for joining us today. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we've got, we are so thankful for you spending some time with us. As you may have noticed, I didn't record a little interlude last week. I got back into town really late on Monday night, and I just did not have any time to record an interlude for the Tuesday episode. I hope you didn't mind, and you know I apologize to the patrons for not giving them a shout-out last week. But speaking of patrons, if you'd like to join our ranks, you can check out patreon.com slash privateisland. We've got a ton of bonus content available now, like our plot point movie episodes where we talk about all sorts of movies from the past. We also do bloopers, we have early release episodes, and a bunch more. So I hope you take a look and become a patron today. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, The Beths, Venice Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, and Rad Magical. The Goths, Stephen, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, Sid, Preston, and Corey. The Citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Ryan, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Faith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith. And you boys and girls, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. For all the latest and greatest, you can find us on Twitter at UANpod, on Instagram at Up All Night Podcast, on TikTok at Private Island Presents, and on YouTube at Up All Night HA Podcast. 
We have plenty of content up for you to enjoy, like videos, memes, and just so much more. If you'd like to hang out live, you can find me on Wednesday nights about 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Instagram Live, where we watch full-length episodes of the horror anthology shows that we cover. I also go live on Twitch to play some games here and there, so give me a follow there. That's twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I always love chatting with my viewers, and I have plenty of horror anthology-related stuff for you guys to enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show. Aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks so much for listening in, everybody. For now, I'll let you get back to this bummer of an episode, and I will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. So the scene fades us over to Ezra's um, like office area, and he's looking at a past due payment for Bobby's diagnosis of severe back trauma. It's 155 bucks, and Ezra says, damn that boy, he'll put me in the poorhouse yet. And Ezra crumbles that past due note and throws it away as we hear Bobby call for Uncle Ezra. And Ezra asks, what you want, boy? And Bobby's now on crutches, and he makes his way over yelling, Ezra, where are my Air Jordans? Ezra here, he's like, don't you Ezra me, you know, and demand some respect here. But he says that he sold his Air Jordans, and he got a pretty price for them, too. And Bobby yells, how could you sell my shoes? And Ezra snaps back, don't you raise your voice with me. Look at you, you're nothing but a helpless cripple. What do you need shoes for? You're just costing me money. You're just a burden. And Bobby snaps back at him. Well, you should have thought about that before you hit me with that crowbar. I mean, yep. (laughs) <laughs> there's something about um people standing up for themselves to awful people that i love to see brandon you know Encanto. you know let's talk about Encanto for a second here sure i i i'm gonna spoil some things here like the main villain of that movie is a as a woman like a grandma okay and i love the part where maribel like stands up to her and she, she's like you know what you're the one fucking up this family like i just i could yeah, watch people stand quote. up to bullies all day and i love it a quote right from Walt Disney's mouth, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I, I, I just, uh, makes me feel so good. Yeah, shit people should get told off more often. I love it. Especially when it's well-deserved like this kind of shit is. Oh, man. The silence is Ezra for just a second, but Bobby turns to leave saying that he's going to go call the sheriff. And Ezra follows him out the door saying, where are you going to go next? The hospital? Those shoes are going to go to waste just like that damn pine coffin you ordered Mm. (laughs) and he stops and he puts his hand on that damn pine coffin that was ordered because he's got a terrible idea brandon yeah this like he was already bad before if the episode stopped here i'd be like man that guy was the worst Mm -hmm. but it gets worse brandon but it keeps going doesn't it oh it gets so much worse I just love this, too. So, like, he ordered this pine coffin, even though it should have been oak, and now he has to pay the price for it and stuff. But, like, the way he's been doing business anyway, like, he can just use that pine coffin for the next person that comes in, yeah? Somebody will take it. Yeah, I I don't... But, you know what? Whatever. We cut to nighttime, where we see Bobby using his crutches to go up the flight of stairs to his room, and we watch this poor kid struggle to get up the stairs for about a full minute. Finally, yeah. he does get to the top, and Ezra is there with a basketball saying, Hello, Bobby, in his sweet old man voice. Bobby's all, What's all the hubba, Uncle Ezra? What are you doing with my ball? <laughs> and Ezra whips that ball at Bobby, who falls down the stairs and fucking dies, Brandon. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a cap on this, like, poor young child's horrible life. It's so bad. Like, the, I don't know how much time has passed since Bobby got there to when he fucking dies. But I don't think it's that much that much time. Probably, like, a couple of weeks. But, man, what an awful, like, end to his life. Yeah. Maybe his life was, like, going really well. And he was, like, doing good in school, playing basketball, had lots of friends, a loving family. And then his parents die in a car crash. He gets sent to this place. He's treated like shit. Gets his legs ruined. Loses the ability to play basketball. The only thing he loves. And then is promptly murdered by his uncle. Yeah, and his Air Jordans. (laughs) Gets sold off, and he doesn't see any of that money. So, uh, yeah, things go pretty bad for Bobby. There is an interesting shot here that happens where the ball, like, the basketball follows him down the stairs, and it bounces right on this kid's head, and it cuts right before, like, he reacts to the fact that he just got hit in the face with a basketball. But we see Uncle Ezra at the top of the stairs in a menacing Dutch angle (laughs) before we warp to the basement. In the basement, we see Bobby's on the draining table, and Uncle Ezra just delightfully hums to himself as he drains Bobby's blood and fills him up with water. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> this is such a bummer. <laughs> we watch we watch his blood just fall to the floor and into the drain, and it is just so bad. Now we're upstairs with Ezra, because it gets worse, you guys. And, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> and Ezra is rolling Bobby's body over to the pine coffin, saying, Waste not, want not. That's what I always say. Here we are, inside and repose, just the way I want you. And he lifts Bobby's body into the pine coffin. But the camera pans us over, and we see that Bobby is too tall for this coffin. His legs are sticking out. Ezra's all, Damn, you're a nuisance even when you're dead. I'm sure as hell not going to order another coffin. Then he looks at his legs again and smiles. And we pop over to Ezra, putting a plug into a socket, and we see it's attached to a Black and Decker handsaw. <laughs> he starts that shit up and just oh. gets to chopping off Bobby's legs. So he'll instead fit of into just bending his legs a little bit to fit into the coffin, maybe moving him onto his side or something. Nah, nah, just fucking chop those bad boys off insane brandon because you know there's not going to be a showing there's no family (laughs) yes he is the family and he's getting all the showing he wants right now oh it gets even worse for a second here actually because brandon ezra puts the coffin lid on bobby's coffin but he stops and he pulls it back off and then he checks bobby's teeth for gold and complains that he had fluoride treatment so there's nothing for him to steal Then he pushes that lid back on, and we fade to the cemetery, where Bobby's body is being lowered into the grave. (laughs) Cold-blooded. It's so bad. The doctor is there from before, and he says, Wow, it sure is strange that he should happen to fall down the stairs again, isn't it, Mr. Thorntonberry? And as a result, well, perhaps it's for the best. The boy was young and full of vigor. He would have made a terrible cripple. The doc says, Hmm, such a short coffin for a boy so tall. And Ezra just kind of nods a little, and that cuts us back to the funeral home, where Ezra is peeling off a Made in Taiwan sticker when up walks Clyde. Uh, he's peeling it off from, like, a um, like a casket. Yeah. Clyde tells Ezra goodbye, because he's not doing work anymore. He's quitting. He explains that, look, I know that nice young man didn't die in no accident. I know it, but I can't prove it. But I know what I know. And he hands the keys over to Ezra, and Ezra tells him that good riddance, you organ freak. I don't need you. I don't need anyone. 
get out of here and stay out, you pervert. He calls him a pervert. Yeah, right? where did that come from? Ezra's fucking crazy. He <laughs> <laughs> oh. really is. But, like, everybody can see through his shit. Well, at least the people who work with him can see through his shit. Yeah, and they play up that the doctor's, like, onto him a bit. But they they don't have enough time to really go with that angle. No. So we don't see the doctor again. After all of that bullshit from Ezra, we check in on him in his office, where he's all tuckered out from ruining everything to save a penny. Aww. I know, my poor baby. Poor little guy. He's startled awake by a knock on the door, and he checks out his clock that's ticking away, and I guess it's midnight, and he asks who the hell could that be at this ungodly hour. He makes his way through the living room and opens up the front door, but nobody's there, so he yells out, What do you want, you goddamn hooligans? And he shuts the front door. And walks in muttering to himself about how them damn people are always messing with him and and talking and saying things. But he stops because he hears the sound of a dripping faucet. Which, as we all know, is the sound of wasted money. This guy is like the worst Mr. Krabs ever. (laughs) I love the part where he beat Bobby for, for like, you know, using God's name in vain or whatever. But he's over here like, God damn this and ungodly that and i'm just like dude what the fuck is wrong with you he turns on the basement lights and heads on down looking at the faucet complaining who the hell left this on those damn fools and he turns that faucet off tight and he turns the lights back off and marches upstairs again and the camera zooms in on his face as we see his ugly as hell chandelier is on brandon oh my god okay i'm very glad you mentioned this because what the hell is this thing you want to know why? Okay, so the chandelier looks like an explosion happened, like a star is exploding or something. I've seen the chandelier before. Um, I think people are putting it in like newly remodeled houses these days because if you look at what? like, yeah, if you look at the housing market here in the United States, I've seen this in pictures. Like, this is like fancy now. <laughs> it looks nice. like shit. I know, I know. It's like a metal sphere with bars coming out in all direction. And then, like, ugly-ass star-shaped lights at the end of each of the bars. This is the new hotness, Brandon, so... <laughs> and it's you need to disgusting. Let Australia know if they're remodeling a house. This has to go It looks it. like a virus. <laughs> it does look like a virus. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's what, what's the hip happening right now, Brandon? All right, well, so, I guess I'm just... I just don't know. You need to go to the Australian version of Menards right now and update your lighting in your house. <laughs> oh, God. So, after seeing this chandelier on, he walks there and complains about Clyde, thinking it was him that's turning on all the lights, and he says he can go to hell. He smiles to himself after turning off those lights, but stops as he hears a thumping from upstairs. And he yells up the stairs at Clyde, trying to scare him, but, you know, Ezra's here, he doesn't scare easy. Then we see a basketball slowly bounce its way downstairs and stop at his feet. Ezra picks that basketball up, and then we hear the lights fizzle on downstairs, and there's thunder in the distance. So Ezra here, he's at the base of the stairs to the basement, and out of nowhere, he is kicked in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) And he tumbles down the stairs screaming. (laughs) At the bottom of the steps, Ezra tries to get up, but he touches his legs saying, Oh my god, my legs, I can't feel them. Aw, poor Ezra. But there's the noise of somebody walking down the stairs, and we look, Brandon, and we see the disembodied feet of Bobby in their Air Jordans stomping their way down the steps. Those things were sold. Where did those come from? Ghost Bobby stole them back. (laughs) Ghost Bobby bought them? (laughs) 
Ezra sold them to the ghost that didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Sure. You got a good good price for him. I don't know. Um, how did you feel about this so far, Randall? Like, let's just stop for a second. Um, how did you feel when this happened? <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed the fact that, you know, Ezra's... Well, he, he was scared at first, and it's good, you know, put a little fear into this man's heart, and then uh, kicked in the ass, which is, you know, did that, not that happen soon enough. Right. <laughs> uh, once once the, the shoes started coming down the stairs, I was like, you know, it's kind of like a cool idea, but as a visual, it looks a little bit goofy. Yeah, it kind of looks like they were using, like, invisible string to clomp it down the stairs. It doesn't look great, and I was kind of like, oh, this is where this is going. I wanted something more here, so let's finish this up, and then I'll, I'll talk about my disappointments, I suppose. Ezra is all, oh, shit, it can't be. Then, from the steps leading outside, because like, they have like a back door where you you know open it up and you can get into the basement, we see that mm-hmm. Bobby is using his crutches to walk down the stairs, but he doesn't have any feet. And it looks interesting, I guess. It looks better than the shoes. Yeah. We see Bobby's face, and he just has, like, slightly sunken in eyes. It's not, like, full-on zombie makeup or anything like that. No, but he is technically a zombie. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's the got show's kinda, full like, of them. Lips. I'm here for zombies, Brandon. I'm, I'm, I'll take any I can get. I don't even care that we've seen zombies, like, five times now. I'm cool with it. Yeah, Crypt Keeper is a fan. I mean, he's technically a zombie himself, isn't he? So we get a zombie episode every episode. That is true. The feet stomp down on Ezra, and he just tosses those aside, screaming. And Bobby makes his way to the bottom and lifts up a crowbar, saying, Like it says in the Bible, Uncle Ezra, blood is thicker than water. And he slowly makes his way over to Ezra as Ezra screams for help. And the story fades as Bobby swipes at Ezra with the crowbar. I wanted Ezra... Obviously to die, because he's terrible. But I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to see more of it. I wanted to see him get beat to shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to watch him suffer, sure. Yes, that would be more of a fitting punishment, yeah. Back with Crypty, he's tying on some Air Jordans and says, Well, looks like old Ezra learned raising a teen is no walk in the graveyard. Now he's going to need one of his cheap coffins for himself. That's what he gets for having a name like Ezra. And I was like, huh? What? Huh? It's <laughs> a weird little dig at people named Ezra there. I quite like the name Ezra. I don't know what you're talking about, Crypt Keeper. As for poor Bobby, he gets a pretty nasty case of athlete's foot, didn't he? I mean, I've heard of Footloose, but yikes! <laughs> <laughs> he fits like 30 puns into this last 40 seconds. <laughs> he's he's got to maximize his screen time right yeah. now. The pun per second ratio is off the charts here. Oh, well, I guess the next best thing to making a goal is becoming a ghoul. Right, kiddies? And he laughs us out of the episode. I always like it when Crypt Keeper laughs us out of the episode. He's a great guy. What an episode. Man, so many emotions. Like, probably the most emotional episode we've had so far, just because we have to watch this man be so terrible to this sweet child, and then he murders him. <laughs> Yes, yeah. and like happy about this he one. he gets he gets uh you know murdered at the end himself, but like Bobby's still dead. Yeah, yeah. In the doesn't end, doesn't change that. Now that entire family line, the Thornton Berries, are just dead. Yep. Well, I believe this one is a very moral heavy episode, Brandon. What did you get out of this one? Uh, water is not a suitable <laughs> material to preserve bodies. 
If you have to live with your uncle, don't do it. It's never going to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I hate to agree with Uncle Ezra here on anything, but like, sure, uh, don't leave the water on. Now, I learned that in Barney, and I learned it in here. Very similar what? shows. Never let the water run. Was there an episode where Barney beat the shit out of the kids because they left the water on? <laughs> I, I I didn't watch Barney, so. <laughs> oh, okay. So you missed that the the children getting. I missed the, I missed that ass. very special episode. Of Barney. Yeah, Baby Bob <laughs> went in with a baseball bat with nails in it. <laughs> Baby Bob. Yeah, I I don't I don't know, man. Now you got some kids at your house. Do they leave lights on all the, all over the place? Like, is that a thing at your house? Uh it's not so bad. They're pretty good about that. You've you've had them learn the lesson. <laughs> I just hold the crowbar. I don't have to do anything with it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um Yeah. I think the real moral of the story, penny saved is a penny earned. <laughs> as the Bible <laughs> yep, says. As the Bible says, yes. <laughs> Can't do better than the Bible. <laughs> uh, yeah. All um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um alternate episode titles here, Brandon, a fitting punishment. I can't believe I didn't get the pun until you, like, you know, explained it to me on a roadmap, but, no, yeah. I only understood it when you said it. Well, we helped each other out there, I guess. Uh, you know, it's a fine name. I, I do now like the pun for it and everything. I don't know what an alternate... I've been so terrible at alternate titles lately. They're so yeah, difficult. It's just not, it's, it's not the same when it's not the tale of something... Even with goosebumps, you know, we struggled sometimes. But R.L. Stein, something under so the easy. sink every time. <laughs> but this one, you know, it's something like I don't know, the Fresh Prince of Thorntonberry's Mortuary. Oh, that almost has a little rhyme to it. I I know I'm a poet, Brandon, but I do know it. Okay, I know yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the Ugly Chandelier. Oh, that sounds like a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, no, because Brave Little Toaster wasn't Disney, but yeah, it sounds like a little bit of the Brave Little Toaster there, Brandon. Uh, Clyde's Piano Sessions. All right, I'm done here. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Give me a second here. I didn't open up IMDb. Oh, wait, yes, I did. Okay. Look at that. I have it up. Oh, uh, Brandon, if anybody wants yeah. to see this chandelier we're talking about, if you go on the IMDb page, it is very front and present as one of the photos for this wow. episode. Wow. So. First, first picture. <laughs> Yep, as as Ezra looking up at that chandelier, being like, "What if my what is my life choices? What does this become? You know, about this fucking chandelier." Yes, please look at this photo. It also does ruin need, the episode. I need by you guys to know if you haven't seen this episode, which you know you should. Yeah, it's it's one of those episodes. Want, by the way, like, like if you want to have a a bad day, go for it. Just yeah, feel bad episode. all day. Please watch mm-hmm. this. This is one of those episodes, I'm sure that it's like, I don't think it ranks highly on anybody's tier list of like, you know, the best crypt episodes, but it's worth a watch, I'd say. It's got a 7 out of 10, which is higher than some of the other ones I've seen. Oh yeah, I haven't actually been like looking at the IMDb ratings for these, these episodes. Maybe I should start doing that. Um, But let's look at the cast here. Let's start with Uncle Ezra, played by Moses Gunn, the late Moses Gunn. He unfortunately he passed away in 1993. By Moses Gunn. I was thinking to myself, I was like, why haven't I seen this man in other things? And maybe I have, because I haven't looked at his IMDb credits here. But uh, he's a great actor. But yeah, he passed away a couple of years later in 1993. So rest in peace, Moses Guns. 
What a great Sorry. name. Moses Gunn, yeah. So not quite Frank Scorpion level, I will say, Mr. Gunn. But uh I miss Frank Scorpion. <laughs> I hope we see him again. Well, let's see what Mr. Uh, Moses Gunn has been in here. It started things off in 1964 with East Side slash West Side. He was in Hawaii Five-0 back in 90, uh, back in 1971. He was in the Jeffersons for an episode. Okay. Cool. Six episodes of Good Times. Oh, he was in Little House on the Prairie for five episodes. That's pretty cool. Amityville 2, The Possession. I've never seen that. The last thing that Moses Gunn was in was in 1993, Homicide, Life on the Street. So, yeah, rest in Working peace. Working right to the end. Next up, we have Bobby Thorntonberry, played by John Clare. And John has not been in a lot of things, um, unfortunately. Which is a shame, because he did really well in this. He did. He was great. He started things off in 1990 with CBS School Break Special, where he played Malcolm Jones, so... I don't know what the fuck that is. But he wasn't Saved by the Bell, Brandon. He was in an episode of Saved by the Bell. Cool. As well as Beverly Hills 90210. So all the hits in the 90s. Right. And then he was in Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. (laughs) Like I said. (laughs) All the hits, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How many Children of the Corn's movies are there? Because I know we watched the first one together, and it was uh, something to watch, I guess. Uh, There's a fair few, I think. How? How are there that many? (laughs) Because children killing people is scary. Let me see here. There are at least six. There's seven. Mm-hmm. That's a fair few. There's nine children in the corn movies, with one having been released in 2020. <laughs> How? That was a short story. I, I don't know. Stephen Based King. on a short story, yeah. What the fuck? I can't believe that the first one was such a hit that people wanted more, but... Oh, well, whatever. I'm sure there's people out there that love it. But that's that's... But, um, the last thing he was in was in 1997. He was in Players. He played basketball player number two. Cool. Sure. Yeah. Last up, let's talk about Clyde for a moment here because he was in this episode a little bit more than everybody else. And Clyde is played by Teddy Wilson. Oh man, the late Teddy Wilson passed away in 1991, right after oh. this episode. Uh, 47. That's young. There was a lot of things that came out between this episode and when he passed away in 91, though. So. Let me scroll down to the bottom here. He's in a lot of things. Okay. So he started things off in 1970 with Cotton Comes to Harlem. He was also in MASH. That's my mama. All in the family, Brandon. The Love Boat, Sanford and Son. He's in a lot of, a lot of Man, all there. the hits of the 70s. Mm-hmm. He was in Good Times, Dukes of Hazard, What's Happening Now, The Golden Girls. He was in two episodes of The Golden Girls, Brandon. Nice. He was uh, after Tales from the Crypt. Now, that, this episode released in 1990. He passed away in 1991, and he's got like 10 credits since then. He was in Quantum Leap, Gabriel's Fire, Doogie Howser. Ended things in 1993, uh, you know, po- posthumously. I don't know how to say that word. But he was mm-hmm. in Bound by Honor as Wallace in 1993. I said last up for him, but let's talk about The Doctor, um, played by Nick Latour. Sure. He had two scenes. Yeah. He was a prominent member of this episode. He passed away in 2011. A lot of uh, passed away people here, which makes sense because everybody in this episode that's not Bobby is very old. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, but this guy, he was also in a, a good amount of things here. Started things off in 1976 on a hit here, The Jeffersons. Then he was in Good Times. Uh, he was in Fatal Judgment. He was in Seinfeld for an episode. He played Grandpa. Interesting. He was in Murder, She, uh, Murder, she Wrote, Jingle All the Way. Mm, you love that movie. Married with Children, The Jamie Foxx Show, 
Sarah Silverman program back in 2008. I forgot she had a television show there. And the last thing he was in was Eagleheart in 2011. He passed away. All right. I think that's Rest our cast peace, here. everyone. Yeah. I just got to say on this IMDb, it's the name is spelled Thornberry on every single possible place. Yeah. What the hell's up with that IMDb? Get your shit together. Somebody had Eliza Thornberry on the brain. I wonder who Amateur that hour here, I swear. <laughs> Brandon, you want to know what's next week? Yes, please. All right, let's, get so back, before... let's get back to some gold diggers, because this bummed me out. <laughs> well, before we get into it, Brandon, I have a request for you. So, since I'm going to be in California next week, would you be able to do the notes for this next episode? Oh, sure I will. Okay, because I don't know if I'm going to have time for it. I can definitely watch it, but I don't think I'm going to have time to write down my notes because i don't know what the hell i'm even doing in california anyway but the next episode is going to be called corman's calamity with a k for corman and a k for calamity okay i have no idea what this could be um so let's just read this here description all right all right a cop learns that an illustrator of tales from the crypt might have the power to make his monstrous creations come to life due to his shrewish wife okay so we're getting meta with this one i Guess we're getting meta with this one, yeah. Uh, don't Interesting. know what that could be <laughs> by any means, and I don't really recognize any of these actors either. So, womp. <laughs> this is gonna right, be an episode, well, I guess. It'll be an interesting one, I think. Yeah, but that's next week, Brandon. We'll talk about Corman's calamity next week. The uh, probably meta episode because it. I mean, the pictures of it. I can look at them real real quick here. I can see tales from the crypt on the door, so. As well as a fancy hat. Oh, man, I want that hat. But, but yeah, that's next week, Brandon. We'll, we'll talk next week about Corman's Calamity. Calamity. All right. Yeah. I think I'm out of here, Brandon. I've been up all night. Um, I'll let you go to sleep here, and I'll talk to you next week, hopefully. All right. I'll be here. All right. You'll be here regardless. All right. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll talk to you later, Brandon. Have a great rest of the day. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hello, Bobby.